It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb, Johnny, and Isaac. Listen in as your hosts discuss a variety of books, ranging from the Aragon series, our favorite reads, and the future of the TNE Book Club. So, we can do some big ass intro or something? Uh. I'll leave that to Isaac if he wants to. Okay. I never know what to do with intros. We usually just start. Yeah, you don't. Hang on a second. Just be like, what's up, bitches? This is a podcast. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Okay, let's see. I got my book copy of Dune right here. Oh, they give me a map on this one. That's nice. Uh, Mine's only 531 pages. No, that's not it. Yeah, about 499 pages. Jesus, how big is the book? Um, Not big. But it says Dune, so... I assume this is the actual one. Is it doing abridged? Because I had that with the, the Golden Bow. It's supposed to be like a freaking three or four volume book. I got like one that was like 600 bucks and found out, sorry, 600 pages, found out that it was like an abridged version. And I was like, well, okay, great. <laughs> How can you tell? Uh, it, it'll say so. Like, especially like, like, like the older books, they'll say like, uh, they'll say it was like a one volume edition or like, Selected and edited, or like abridged, or something. It'll say. Oh, what the? F- okay, this Berkeley book contains the complete text of the original hardcover edition. It has been completely reset in a typeface designed for easy reading and was printed from the new film. Hmm. Yeah, I've actually got my box full of my books right next to me, so I'm gonna quickly look through on my Dune book. Bookshelf right here. <laughs> so, uh, so Isaac, do you want to do an intro, or I I kind of did something already. Oh no no no! This is this is just us like shooting the crap right now. We're talking. We're going off of your discussion because it's you brought up a really good idea of let's talk about books, and it's like yeah, why not? Uh, well, right now I forgot to mention to you. Right now I'm reading uh, or at least trying to read um, Hard Darkness. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Jeff no. Conrad. So I'll be. I don't know if you want to end this or not, but we're gonna be doing a we call her a, a scene by scene. Of the movie Ad Astra, which came out two years Ad ago. Astra. Okay. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a Brad Pitt was in it. It was it was kind of a it was another space movie, like a moody space movie of 2019. Okay. Know? Whether the yeah the past like eight years they've had or maybe not eight years but seven years whatever it is number it is they've had like each of these like moody space pieces because apparently like you're supposed to be very moody when in space i guess but because you know space is not a very nice place outer space pardon me huh. i should say that because there's space all around us anyways i have requested to do this uh where i'm gonna do basically go scene from scene uh with the movie but before i want to do that one of the things that the uh director talked about i forget the director's name right now it's not coming to me uh directed by james gray thank you james gray there we go uh what he, one of his one of the influences that he uh used for the movie was heart of darkness uh oh. you know the classic uh, uh, uh 
uh, Joseph Conrad novel or short yeah. story novella, excuse me. And recently, actually, not even a month before Caleb and I watched at Astro together, we watched Hard or uh, sorry, Apocalypse Now. Oh, I have to watch that. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, and this was the what was it again, Caleb? The final edition or the final yeah, cut? Yeah, they called the final cut. Yeah, we saw it in the theater. Yeah, apparently, there's been like like Blade Runner. There's been or or New Hope. There's been like four cuts of that movie. Yeah, I think that was the fourth. Which yeah. I had never known until you told me. <laughs> I was like, really? That's that's odd, but I guess so, because there's such a lot of material to write. So, basically, I want to go back to what uh, James Gray was talking about with with with, um, with Heart of Darkness and see, like, how different it is. And holy crap, like, just... The, I, I read a foreword by... Um, in, the, in the novel, like, the novel gives a foreword, which I guess a lot of novels from the early 1800s give about like okay this was made at a time when everybody wasn't as sensitive as they are now and <laughs> no kidding heart <laughs> of darkness <laughs> no and you know how the n-words thrown around left and right and all that crap and it's you know there's slavery involved and there's colonization and all that crap but it really does paint a picture of the world at that time and i really like that it's it's looking into the window of the past and seeing how we got here like how like just like red versus blue, like uh, why are we here it's like how did we get here it's like well if you look in the past you can see where all this started and it's like oh golly this all makes sense and again i'm i'm so my problem my biggest problem with the novel not novel but the, my problem or not novel my biggest hurdle with the novel is that i'm still thinking of apocalypse now i'm still thinking because this is like that's what they were trying to do which is like this is i don't want to say vehemently but this is like heart of darkness in the 70s and I mean, that's kind of hard to avoid with Heart of Darkness right now because, you know, there's Apocalypse Now. There was the, that game, Spec Ops the Line. Spec Ops the Line. Still haven't played that yet. It's hugely based off of Heart of Darkness, too. Yep. Just, it's because the story has been adapted so many times, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, like I, I, I had the the good fortune of reading it before seeing any of that of the adaptations. Yep, that's good. So I was able to avoid that. But, yeah, you can't exactly pick and choose, like, when you experience stuff, right? Like... Yeah, that's that's on me, unfortunately. But uh, them's the breaks, I guess. Unfortunately, so I will I mean, get through like it. Seeing the, it, it. It's like seeing the Star Wars prequels before you saw the classics, right? Well, thankfully, mm -hmm. I, I I saw those before beforehand. You and me both, brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 good. Um, so yeah, it's that's just that's what I've been reading recently. Um, mm. oh, and by the way, before you want to talk about like long books, Les Miserables, sir. Oh Jesus, that's, that's a long book. That's a long book. If I ever saw it and whatnot. Here's a topic that that'll get all of us talking. So, I, so today there was a horror movie on Netflix. I've been wanting to watch for a long time, and today I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. And I, I watched the um, adaptation of A Color Out of Space, the H.P. Lovecraft short story starring Nicolas Cage. Oh boy, when did that one come out? That was 2019. Okay. Wow. Okay. But yeah, it, it came out a while back, and it was on, it's been on Netflix for a while. And I just, I mean, you know, it's not very. It's pretty much never that like a Lovecraft short story gets a an adaptation that we actually know about. You know, there have been small ones over the years and all that, but yeah, there has. This is the first like major, major instance of that being done. So I was like, okay, well, let's give it a shot. Like, I ho I hope they don't wimp out, and they didn't wimp out. They went. They did a really good job with it. I was actually pleasantly surprised. They did, eh? Well, yeah, because like they kind of pulled what what uh, Mike Flanagan pulled with uh, Haunting of Hill House. 
Okay. Where he, where he kept the, the kind of symbolic elements and the atmosphere of the story of the original, but he kind of brought it into the modern age and, and took it and, and did his own spin on it. It's kind of what they did with Color Out of Space, although it it, it, it has a lot of nods to the to uh, the thing and um, the Evil Dead in terms of like some of the some of the 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 gore and the mutations it has. Like they they've def- it has that kind of eighties like John Carpenter kind of feel to it, which which was really cool. Uh, well, at the same time, it it had, it had like you know that it had some kind of psychedelic like you know annihilation like visuals. <laughs> It, it had Nicolas Cage losing his shit a couple times. It just, it just kind of hit all the right notes, as he usually does. It was just, it was, it was just a damn good time. That's good. Yeah, I still got to see was that. I, I was pleasantly surprised with it because I didn't think, because you know, it's people always talk about how hard it would be to adapt H.P. Lovecraft's stories into a, in, into a film, right? For obvious reasons, but. So it was. It, so I, I think it's cool that, that that the first time it's been kind of done, and it's been it's it's kind of hit the mainstream. It was done really well. So I'm I'm happy about that. Was it released in theaters? Um, let's see. I don't think so. I think it was direct to a uh, video in most markets. I can see that. It, it was a film festival movie. So you know, one of those like like, like kind of art movies. Okay. Maybe that, I don't know if that makes a difference. Like well, the witch, kind of how 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 that was like released at a film festival and then it got like a wide release. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, with with the adaptation, what you're talking about, I I am I'm what I wonder. We I mean we're still gonna wonder to this day. I hope he makes it before he dies, but I do wonder what Del Toro's Mountains of Madness would look like. Oh yeah, it'll probably never happen, but I'd love to see it. He would. He'd be the guy to do it. Now, do you think he would do the same thing you just said, where they would take just the symbolism and the feel of the original uh, story and translate that into like a a new plot and or a new script? Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I've got no clue what he would do with it. I think, yeah, this is just speculation (laughs) on our parts, but... I think that is the, the 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 way of doing things now is you have to unfortunately modernize uh, these these stories because they are certainly tied into a a certain era we will say that a specific era and really I don't know if you could make Heart of Darkness into a movie nowadays even if you made it a period piece yeah I mean you could obviously but I don't know if people would want that or not. Mm. I guess, I guess depending on like who directs it and whatnot, but it's not like you can't do stuff again. It'll just be like, where's what is this, why is this not Pirates of the Caribbean? This is not my pirate because it all takes place on the ship. It's like you knuckleheads, this is not Pirates of the Caribbean. Give it to Robert Eggers. <laughs> Robert, that would be something. Yeah, like in its own form, it would be really hard to have Heart of Darkness adapted into a movie. Here's the question, though. I, I and this is I don't want to say this isn't my like uh, one thing I always fall back on animation. What do you guys think? Could any of H. P. Lovecraft's novels or stories, pardon me, be done in animation? I think it's possible. I mean, I think if you went for a more retro like noir style, because that that's been kind of done before. There was like a I saw like a it, it, it wasn't a manga. It was like it was like a graphic novel anthology and like and like Indigo one day, and it was. And yeah, it was like a, it was like a few Lovecraft stories. Like it was like Dagon, Shadow of Innsmouth, or Innsmouth, whatever it's called, 
and there were a couple other ones, but they, they'd all been adapted as a kind as a kind of graphic novel, but with like you know with like some some kind of gritty like noir like kind of art, and it can oh cool it can work really well. But and and, and the Call of Cthulhu books have some, have some, some some adaptations of that kind of like art as well, as well as the, as the uh, you know the Eldritch and Arkham Horror games. Like it's I I think it would be possible and would be probably easier to do in light of how many otherworldly things there are you might as well just, just just draw the damn things at this point you know yeah, pretty much like i mean if i mean if if a team can make like the forest and princess one and okay look that way with a pencil then they they you have a pretty good chance of being able to do a lovecraft thing like you could do a really well animated at the mountains of madness or anything by jinju ito that's that's if, if you ever seen that man's art it's like oh golly yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, that's right. I, I remember you were showing me one night. He has some really interesting stuff. He's got some good stuff, I'll say that. But you're right. I, 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 It's just that with animation, you could do so much more. Now, of course, everybody's like, well, what? So 3D animation? That'd be something. I, I don't know if you could... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell a computer to comprehend Cthulhu. Or, um, or G, uh, Hellhounds. <laughs> or Dagon. Or... Hound of Tindalos would be a good... Would be a good movie. You know what? Here's the thing. Or like a short film. That that would be dope. I'd watch that. Start small. Like, yeah. don't do anything big yet. Like, start small. If you're like a director who's like, okay, I want to do some Cthulhu stuff. Or Cthulhu. I want to do some Lovecraft stuff. Start small. Don't go but any huge. Here's the really cool thing, though. The director who did Color Out of Space, he's he's hoping to do a trilogy. Ooh, okay. Which that was the first one, and the next one he wants to do do the Dunwich horror. Oh boy. Oh. So I would, I I would be happy to see that. That that would be dope. Okay, that's yeah, that's that's something. He, he, he's starting big. Like, like the color out of space is like, it's like kind of just the right length for a movie, you know. That is fair. Yeah, that that. That much horror is a bit longer, but I wonder how much of that you could shave off. <laughs> yeah, that one's <laughs> almost novel length, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, in my particular anthology, I have like the the pages are really big and the print's a little small. If the color out of space was twenty five pages, mm-hmm. and the mountains of madness was like eighty, and Dunwich Horror was like thirty six or forty or something. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, it'd be it's it's not gonna be too long. The really funny thing though, I, I'm looking at the credits of this movie here, and like one of the producers is Elijah Wood. He oh, just okay. celebrated his 40th birthday recently. Happy birthday. He's Frodo's 40? Yep. And he does not look like Frodo anymore. Oh my. <laughs> Indeed. I wonder who's going to play Frodo in uh, the Amazon Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. I check it pretty regularly and they like give no updates at all. Do, do they release a cast list for it. that yet at all? Nope. Not really. It's like a couple sporadic people that they mentioned, but none of the main... I don't even think they have names attached to the they just have the actors attached. When did that whole thing start again? Maybe two years ago. Okay, okay. I mean, it's... Uh, are they going book by book, or... Like, how are they I doing this? I think so. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, just... Like, keep it seasons, guys. Don't do the whole thing at once. Like, I don't know how Game of Thrones did it for each of their books, but... Yeesh. Yeah, I was just looking. It looks like they have some people in the cast now who uh, have characters attached, but most of them aren't. Yeah, it's weird. This, okay, whatever. Like, It'll be interesting. That might be the only thing I will watch of Amazon Prime stuff, just because, I don't know, it's Lord of the Rings, and they're, they're, they're going up against Peter Jackson. 
it might make me uh, jump back on to try to read those books again, because I got through The Hobbit, I think, three times. Because each time I'm like, I'm going to read all the Lord of the Rings. I'll start with The Hobbit again. <laughs> How far did you get this time? And then I get through, like, maybe, like, 150, 200 pages in Fellowship, and I just get so bored of all, like, the songs and the poems, and oh I, I fall off again. Oh my. It's just, like, constant. It's like the story's not going anywhere. It's just another song, another poem, another story. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The writing is very dense, <laughs> very de very descriptive. Like Heart of Darkness is is a little hard to read for that reason too. Like it's really dense. It's it certainly is dense. I'll tell you that much. Like like oh 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 yeah oh yeah. It, it it's a novella. Well oh, okay yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that that, that that's one paragraph is four fucking pages long. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I call Tolkien uh, meandering. Is what meandering. I would call <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of a cool quality of his writing on how he just kind of, he tells tales like an old storyteller would tell tales. Mm -hmm. but I, I, at the same time, that means that it's one of those books I, I feel where you, where you kind of do like, like maybe like a five ten page burst like a night. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. I or or you working. like read like a quarter of it and then put it down for a while and then come back to it and read a quarter of like it. Like that's a whole not lifetime. That's like a year or two years like commitment. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Like you're you're dating this thing for pit's sakes. And there's uh, the exact opposite. Have you read any any uh, Cormac? Uh, what's his name? Guy who wrote Blood Meridian, Mr. McCarthy. Mr. McCarthy. Oh. Nope. McCarthy. He he wrote no, no Country for Old Men. His 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 writing is like exactly the opposite. It's so to the point. Like there's no like there's like no punctuation except for like periods and commas. Oh wait wait, wait. is it also all allegorical? If we're talking opposite here, no. Okay. Well, no. It's like it's just like it's 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 just so um so minimal. Like there's like no quotation marks for dialogue. Interesting. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films. Uh, Which no one? country. It, it, it's a really good movie. I've never had any interest in the book, though. I've read the book. The book for Blood Meridian is really good. What was that one released? The, the book? 1985. 1985, okay. It's, it's like, really, like, um... What's the word? It's a really, really gritty, like, savage western. Oh, cool. Like what it is. Interesting. It's, like, it's really cool. Like, it's really gory. It's really... It's pretty nuts. <laughs> it's a good book. Let's see, one of the novels I want to read is the Forever War. If you ever guys ever heard of that one, yep, I've yep. read that one. Okay, you have. What did you think of that one? Um, I liked it. <laughs> That's it. I only <laughs> read the first book. I've heard that it gets a lot better as you go along. Okay. The first book kind of felt like it was a lot of um, Forever War. Yeah, Forever War. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a lot of Forever War. Well, the premise, Johnny, I've heard is it talks about relativity, not relativity, but it talks about like time, I don't know, just dilation, but it talks about, um, it goes into just, uh, when you, when you, like what happens when you travel away from Earth in relativity and how, mm -hmm. you know, when you come back to Earth, uh, it's because it, you may have been, you know, you haven't aged much, but like when you get back to Earth, it's been 36 years. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it's been a while since I read it, but I remember, like, there was a ton of it where it was just, like, kind of just doing, like, monotonous kind of work and training. I remember that stuff kind of feeling like it bogged the book down, but it got interesting in the end. Well, it was, for, for as I've 
heard it was written by a guy who came back from the Vietnam War. So... Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, one day I'll get back to it. It's just like that uh, Hyperion. I've heard that it gets really great after the first book, but I read the first book and it just... I felt like it was really kind of uh, unengaging, so I didn't continue, but mm. one day I'll get back to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost different when it's a book series that apparently gets better versus, like, you know, a series or a show. <laughs> Indeed. You know, like, it's it's a lot more of an investment. Like, I remember exactly. like, I read Aragon, right? And I was, and I was like... I mean, that, I mean that, that was kind of like Star Wars, but with dragons, but like, okay. And then Cole was like, oh yeah, it gets better. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but it, it, it also gets longer. Like, Dude, the first yep, book was like exactly. 500 pages. The second one's like, <laughs> like breaking a thousand and, they, and they, they don't get any thinner. I'm just like, okay, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure these get solid, but like, fuck, man. <laughs> uh, oh, he found it. He's got it. He's got it. He's, he's grabbing the book, boys. He's, he's grabbing the book. Here we go. Okay, I, didn't, I didn't grab Eldest or Aragon, but I got Brissinger and Inheritance in my hand right now. Uh, both hardcover copies, so... And there's... there's, there's Colonian <laughs> Hardcover copies? Like, th that book is a weapon in hardcover copy form. Okay. You can, like, kill somebody with that. Okay. At the very end, I'm at the last page. Uh, for for uh, the third book, Brissinger... 748 pages and and that's the big hardcover too yep and then here's the last yeah. one so here's inheritance let's see nope no oh golly okay you guys want to take a guess well if, if, if it's if it's the same uh hardcover as the other one then i'm gonna go ahead and guess maybe eight, 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 800 or 900 caleb no clue is that a sequel to that to the, the, that aragon series this is the last book oh okay and they get progressively longer so <laughs> Somehow. Inheritance yeah. is 849 pages. Wow. Well, I, I ballparked it. And somehow I finished that before I graduated grade 12. I do not know how I, how I finished that. That's why you didn't do your homework. Yeah, no, hey, I got a C in... Or I think it was this. I got a C plus in English, and I actually enjoyed it in English class. And that's where I read Catcher of the Rye, which is still like one of my favorite books. I still love that Yeah, book. that book is awesome. Was the author of that Aragon series was wasn't he really young? Uh, Christopher Paoloni. Paolini. Paolini, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, he was like 15 when he first wrote Aragon, I believe. And he just took like oh, wow. He just copy and pasted um, Star uh, New Hope from from Spark Notes, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so that was that was the big controversy. I think I mentioned this in like one of our previous recordings that I would tell you about Aragon. But yeah, basically. What? Sorry. Did, did he actually do that? I don't think he did, but I apparently like the literally boy on a farm. He's on. He's with his uncle, and his uncle gets murdered, and then he goes and finds this old wizarding guy and whatnot who trains mm -hmm. him in certain like a, an ancient art form. It's like really, how is this not Star Wars? Interesting. It's the monomyth. What do you expect? The, the most interesting, the part of that book I enjoyed the most is the part where he like where the dragon first hatches, and he's like. Oh my god, a dragon. Yeah, it's a he, dragon. He's like, like a 14-year-old, whatever the hell. He's 16? Uh, yeah, I think he's about 14 or 16. He's like point. 16. He's just kind of like, I got a dragon. Like, what What do What do I do with the dragon? How do I shoot fire? And it just felt so much more natural than like the rest of the book. Like, by the end, like when they were like, like fighting that big battle and that like underground like fucking elf city or whatever the fuck it was, I was kind of like... Uh, it was like dwarves. And also, like, it's it's interesting because like the names 
are kind of not very natural at all. I don't know if it's Old English or if it's like some dialect. It's the kind of names that you would think up if you were 50 and writing a book. I mean, like, 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 like first there is, there's Eragon, which you would not think of pronouncing Aragon by looking at it, by the way. Oh, okay. It's Eragon. His brother's name is, what's his brother's name? Uh, it's his cousin. It's, um, where is he here? Oh, yeah. Okay, so in the back, by the way, they have pronunciation. They have literally a pronunciation chart right before the ancient <laughs> totally language. Good. And then, like, the nomad language, the Urgul language, the dwarf language. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so there's car- Carvajal, that's where they start off. Um, uh, Roran, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Goran, that's right. Um, Roran. Roran. Like, like R-O-R-A-N. Oh, hey, Isaac, this would be a good movie to watch. Oh, Aragon? Because it's bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to do this at some point. It's really bad. It's like, it's really not good. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah, we'll totally do that. Um... It was a lot to Zarrock, make. Zarrock, yeah. It's, oh golly, yeah. There's so much. Yeah. And Caleb, you've never seen that one, have you? Um, no, I did not. No, I did not. I don't know why Johnny. His cousin's name is not listed in the back for some stupid reason. I have no. Clue. Wait. Well, what the? F- okay, hang on. On the origin of names, I just flipped to the back of Brissinger. It has on the origin of names. Seriously. To the casual observer, the various names in. Uh, an intrepid traveler will encounter throughout Algasia might seem but a random collection of labels with no inherent integrity, culture, or history. However, as with any land that different uh, that different cultures in and in this case different species have uh, repeatedly colonized, Algasia acquired names from wide array of unique sources. Among them, the languages of the dwarves, elves, humans, and even Urgles. Uh, thus, we, which I guess is just like orcs, but you know, knockoff orcs because you know, Urgles. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all y'all can hear that when we do our uh, commentary of that anyway uh thus we can have Plankar valley a human name and anora river and a i can't even read that elven names and utgar mountain a dwarf name all within a few square miles of each other while this is of great historical interest practically it often leads to confusion as to the correct pronunciation unfortunately there are no set rules for the neophyte Okay. Uh, you must learn each name upon its own terms unless you can immediately place its language of origin. The matter grows even more confusing when you realize that in many places the resident population altered the spelling and pronunciation of foreign words to conform to their own language. Uh, the Anora River is a prime example. Originally, Anora was spelled A the way you... Oh, I have no idea what that is, but Anora with like two dots over the A. Uh, which means broad in the ancient language. In their writings, the humans simplified the word to Anora, and this combined with the vowel shift where the <laughs> A-E with the A with the two dots Holy over it. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. Don't worry, it's almost over. Jeez. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering, Caleb, yes, the, the, the books do read like this. Yeah, pretty much. was sent yeah. uh, as the easier A, uh, uh, created the name as it appeared in Aragon's time. To spare readers as much difficulty as possible, I have compiled the following list with the understanding that these are the only rough guidelines to the actual pronunciation. The enthusiast is encouraged <laughs> to study the source languages in order to master their true uh, intricacies. Wow. Okay, do you, know, do you know what my problem with that is? Uh, a lot of things. Run on sentences? Well, I, I'm, I'm looking at a list of character names now. Okay. And I, I just see, like... Like names from mythology with like letters taken away or added. Yeah, pretty much. So, so Jormundur, that's like Jormungand. Yep. Sorry. What, what, whatever the fucking serpent's name is in Norse, in Norse mythology. Yeah. 
Thorn, uh, Murtag, Shuriken. That Shuriken with the U and the R switched around. <laughs> Let's see. Hang uh, on. Uh, Rohan is like Rohan, but with a. I mean, I, I know I'm nitpicking. I just it's it, it's just like it, it's it's just really interesting because like the, 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 these are the kind of names you would make up. Yeah. You were like writing a novel when you were that age. Oh wait, hang on, hang on. With Mert, with Mert, oh. Mertag, it's it's Mer rhymes with Per. I'm not even Thank kidding you. you. That's what he puts in the in the um, in the pronunciation. Great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I I had to. <laughs> this has enlightened me. Thank you for your. Oh, and it's Eragon, <laughs> by the way. Eragon. What what you. You should have told everybody else about that. I should have. <laughs> God dang, this is so funny. Did he have a career after those books? Like, did he write anything else? Oh, good question. Still he's still he's still in the world, I believe. He put out a book, I think, two years ago. Not a book, but like a I think an anthology of short stories. Yeah, he, he he's still writing. He's oh, okay. He's writing like sci-fi stuff now, apparently. No, well, that's what yeah. everyone does. I I will say this: if I was if I was writing stuff, like if I was doing novels. Uh, I probably would put if I did have like you know weird sounding names. I would probably put a pronunciation uh, tab in there just for you know readers' sake. That's fair. <laughs> People piss me off with their pronunciation of Dune words all the time. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the worries I had with that new movie. I'm like, oh god, if they pronounce things the ways that I hate, I'm gonna be so choked. That trailer did, did look pretty sweet though. Yeah, it looked okay. Looked okay. Yeah, do you think you'll see that, Johnny? Yeah, I'd like to. I don't see why I'd not. See why not? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, what did you say, Caleb? You were talking with another friend of yours who also read Dune, and you're like, "There's," or I think it was a person who hadn't read it, and they were like, "Yeah, there's so much, or there's so much to spoil, or there's so much stuff in the in the trailer that spoils people." Uh, maybe I don't remember anymore. But okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm high on meth. Never mind. <laughs> The math. What, what's math like, Isaac? What's math like? Oh, dude, you don't even know, dude, dude. So the other day we were recording, we were recording stuff for the church, right? And I focus. I have to focus on the camera and stare like at it deadpan. And I stared at it too long, and all of a sudden, like the whole oh world started God. moving. That's, that's freaking weird. Did so, you just stare at the camera. Yeah. LSD. LSD. Except I didn't have anything in me at the time. LSD. LSF. Whatever that means. So did you want to go to the uh, the favorite books uh, part of the conversation? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, go ahead, man. That's right, that's right. We're, we were doing that. We had a topic. <laughs> yeah, we, we started with that and then got way off track, but... Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's Segway City, baby. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we were talking about books, and Isaac, just based on the fact that you own, a, that you own like, the Aragon one, I was wondering, are those, like, your favorites? Um... Or like, or like, at least like, like really nostalgic. Too. It was it, funny enough. That was I got late on the train with that one. I didn't read Aragon until the movie came out, and then I read Brissinger, or sorry, Eldest after that, then Brissinger. Then I waited years, and then I read Inheritance at the end of Great. Actually, yeah, I guess the whole the whole quadrilogy or tetralogy, whatever it's called, uh, I read throughout high school, uh, basically. Um, I wouldn't say they're my favorite. I just I I enjoyed reading them. Uh, and honestly, I guess now thinking about it, it made me a fantasy fan. Um, okay. A fan, or fan of fantasy, excuse me. Um, have you gone back to them since those days? I have not. I have not. Though, 
I will say this, recently, or as of recently, but two years ago when I went to El Salvador for that uh, missions trip, I finally finished after literally 10 years, because that's how long it took me, because uh, I'm a slow reader, as you both know, um, except when it comes <laughs> to comic books, I can like slam one of those things like pretty quickly. That's fair. I was reading what was called The Secrets of the Intermortal Nicholas Fumel, and it was this like six-part book novel uh, series that had... Nicholas Flamel, the famous um, alchemist, uh, set in modern-day San Francisco, or at least 2009 San Francisco. And the last book, I think, was released in 2014. Uh, so that was a big oof there. And it takes place within a week. And it basically had... It was one of those... It was kind of like... Uh, it was kind of like Hellboy, where all these different like mythologies came together. So you have the uh, South American mythology, so like Quetzalcoatl and his crew, and then uh, the, the Greeks, the Norse, some of the Indians, I think, are in there as well, like the Indian gods. Uh, the Egyptians as well play a big part in that. And they all revolved around um, these two twin characters. It's one of those young adult novels. And yeah, I got it when I was, geez, grade nine. And yeah, finished the series finally when I was out of, of <laughs> high school. So again. Huh. But favorite novel? I'll go to agree. I think I still have to say it's probably Catcher in the Rye. Mm, why is that? Uh, I just, and again, this is probably, again, I haven't gone back to it recently, but I just, I don't know, I, th I think I just fell in love with Holden, Holden Caulfield because it was, I was at that similar age as well. I don't remember how old he's supposed to be. I think he's 16, yeah, and I was 17 at the time. Obviously, him and I have totally different backgrounds, of course. But yeah. there was just something familial, and I think that's the thing with every, that everybody has with him. Uh, call it phoniness, I don't know, but there was something about it that I, I enjoyed, and I enjoyed his plight that he was going through and trying to be a teenager and trying to understand life at, in this situation. Well, I mean, that, that's a valid point because, like, I mean, I mean, for one, like, it it's really unfortunate that, like, the other works by J.D. Salinger quite aren't quite as well known because he was he was a fantastic writer. Like like his writing was just absolutely like like he had a really like like unique, really natural style, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like like, like you don't kind of see writing like that very often. Like there's there are very few people who have that kind of style. Yeah, and according to some research, he basically wrote that just to write another book, I believe. Hmm. He wasn't even like intending on that. Was like a what, what? What would you call one of those things? That was just a like a not a not a, not a knockoff book, but like uh, what would you call it? A filler book. That's what it is. A filler book so that he could write his uh, his the book he wanted to write. Hmm. I believe. Yeah, and I I do like his other stuff too. Like he had a collection called Nine Stories, which, which is very good as well. Has like a bunch of short stories in it. They're all very, they're they're all solid. But the ones I've read are pretty sweet. I'd also say Jurassic Park. The original novel was also a lot of fun to read. I was reading that. Oh, yeah. I read that right when Jurassic World came out in 2015, and it honestly enhanced the experience way more. I I don't know why. Something about Crichton. Oh no, another book that I read in grade 12 as well during this class was the Pirates of Latitude. That was what made me want to first read. Uh, Jurassic Park because that was like the first Crichton novel I read and it was a fun one that was one of his post-humanist books and yeah. it was actually a, it was honestly a good uh, pirate story and I was oh, like cool. dang I re like I really enjoyed it it was it was a lot of fun it also helped me play Assassin's Creed way not play Assassin's Creed better <laughs> but it also helped me get in the mood when I was playing Assassin's Creed 
recently. And there's there's one book. There's if there's one book that I want to go back to, it's one that I read in grade seven. I I will never forget this. And if I've I want to see an animated movie based off of this, I'd love to direct it if I could. But I want to see an animated movie based off of this. It's called uh, I don't know if you guys had to read this back in the day, but it was called The Keeper, The Keeper of the Isis Light. Keeper. No, I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay, so it's one of those sci-fi stories. Uh, it was an English one. It's uh, They're on this planet, and there's this girl, and she's been genetically altered from birth to survive uh, the harsh environment of the planet because she's a human, and they were colonizing, obviously, and so she's one of those altered people so that they can survive on the island, or the, in the island, the planet. And... She has this robot guardian, literally called Guardian, uh, who takes care of her, and we just kind of see her daily life, if I recall. And then the humans come, uh, come in, and she has to wear this special skin almost, so that because she looks lizard-like, apparently. Like if, if I remember correctly, she's very lizard-like in appearance. And then, in order to like not frighten all the humans, she has to wear this skin almost, and she's a little annoyed by that after a while, and she falls in love with this like one Earthling there and then she shows him her true face obviously and he kind of rejects her or stuff happens and there's this, this one kid who doesn't reject her and thinks she's cool i forget how it ends but it, it there's like two sequels to it um but yeah i just I, that book has stuck with me for like the past decade and a half oh, cool very cool so what about you guys uh caleb i'll go with you first what is uh, some of your favorite novels obviously dune is one of them yeah dune and uh, God Emperor of Dune. Those are maybe tied for my favorite book. I read them almost every year. God Emperor, every time I read it, I like it more. It may be supplanting the first Dune. I, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm a big fan of The Stand. Uh, Stephen mm. King. Yes. Shining 2. Steve, I could I could almost throw in any Stephen King. Well, maybe not any, but <laughs> I could fill my favorite books list with King. Yeah, I could totally see that. You, you and him have similar... Not similar, but you... There's something about him that is familiar to you. Yeah, maybe it is because those were a lot of the books I read growing up. So maybe I just have such a kind of a nostalgia for them. Maybe, perhaps. And he does have a very, a very like a, a kind of unique style. That, that's just kind of like, it. and he also just just like pumps out novels. So it's like, oh yeah, like he like if you're just like a fan of Stephen King, you're like you never go thirsty. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've read a new book by him since like 2008. I think uh, Duma wow. Key was the last last new book I read, <laughs> and then since then I've just been backtracking because there's so many. Well, fortunately, there's enough for you to do that. Oh, <laughs> yep. yeah, <laughs> like a lot of stuff. Yeah, and the the Gunslinger too is one that I've read. Um, I don't know, maybe like nine times I've read that book. Yeesh. I just keep going back to it. I, I love that first book, but. Yeah, what's what's some more? Genie and the Golem. You guys have heard of that book? Was one that I really really liked a lot. Genie and the Golem. Hmm. Was that another King book? No, it was um, the author. I don't think he's written anything else. One of those guys, eh? Helene Wecker. Helene Wecker. Yeah, and she keeps threatening that she's gonna put out a sequel. She's been threatening it for like six years. Every now and again, I check, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll put it out next year," and it just never happens. But Genie and the Golem, I like a lot. Hmm. Um, but interesting. I guess I'll pass it on to Johnny because I can't think of anything else right now. But <laughs> and 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 I will in turn not shut up for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fine. I was I didn't shut up for five minutes either. 
that's fine. That's fine. Um, let's see. Well, as far as like books that got me into reading that I'm like thankful for, there was um, Silverwing. That entire series like got me into reading fiction, and even going back and reading that now, it like I I read that like three or four times probably, and it's still. I still do like it. Like it still, it still has some really cool stuff, some cool characters, interesting plot points. It's it's imaginative. It's it's well done. It's 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 a cool series. Um, ones I found more resonant, like like more resonance with nowadays. Like I read Kurt Vonnegut, The Sirens of Titan was a really good one, because like you know a, a lot of his stuff is kind of like the what's it called? It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that that Douglas Adams kind of funny poking fun at like reality kind of stuff. But he does it kind of in a way where he he, he kind of lays out like the moral ideas behind what we're dealing with, and he and he throws a lot more emotion in there too. And it, it was a book that just kind of hit every single note, and I, every single note. And I do like his other stuff, like you know, Slaughterhouse Five, Cat's Cradle, Mother Night, and all that kind of stuff. But Siren to Titan to me was the one that kind of had the most emotion in it, and I, I thought I thought that was really fucking cool because a lot of those stories just you know, there's like nineteen eighty four, right, and like this other dystopian novels and they're often they're they're often just like so so bleak and just kind of like yeah 1984 is brutal <laughs> it's it not is, a fun read it's a very bleak book and even like like brave new world i think i think i i enjoy more but even then brave new world's kind of like almost more depressing so i i, I liked how it was like how it, it was like that kind of that kind of novel but it was it wasn't so depressing mm. it had some really positive messages in it and that was really cool and then, what else I, got? I do like a lot of Ray Bradbury stuff. Mm. Novels, Something Wicked This Way Comes was really freaking cool. I like a lot of his short stories I really love too. Damn it, my books I've already read shelf is behind me. Damn it, I can't really <laughs> see it too well. Yeah, that's my problem too. My books are all packed up, so. <laughs> um, Steppenwolf, excellent. Like Herman Hesse, excellent novel. Just because like it's, it's, it's like a guy just trying to like basically like find peace with like his personality isn't inside him kind of and it, and it gets kind of nightmarish as he kind of comes to the reality of it and it's just like it's, it's like a journey of like self-realization pretty much but it, but it was like really cool house of leaves have you guys read that nope who's that by uh, what, what, what's his name mark danieluski mark danieluski okay and it is in part because it is unlike any other novel I've ever read before. I should almost read that again because it's really fucking cool. Like if you if you see a copy of House of Leaves, like, the, like there's only like one one kind of variant of it I've seen. Just like just pick it up and flip through it because you'll see that it's just not written like any other novel is. Like certain like just the font, how the words are arranged on the page. Like there are some pages where it's just like collages of just different pages kind of stacked together like it tells like oh interesting two or three stories it's hard to describe it without like showing you like a picture of like how it's set up okay but it's like it's, it's a collage of different stuff and it just it just creates different feelings by how the words are organized on the, on the page like and it's so, so it's like you know in like in like some scenes like you'll turn the page and all, and all like the words will be sideways Hmm. Interesting. And, and going like you know, like you know, up and down versus like left to right kind of thing. 
and then like the and then on all your different pages they might be spiraling or there might be like all concentrated on, on the bottom page kind of and it sounds it sounds kind of pretentious but it's it's like to an it's to an end like it has a point and it's crazy because like the one story is about a family that basically finds like an empty space in their house that that shouldn't be there like, you know a, a room that shouldn't exist kind of and the other story is about a guy who's found the book of this family who finds this in their in their house kind of and then like how how it begins to kind of bleed into his reality huh so it's, it's okay very, makes me think of it's uh, a very interesting story yeah go i was gonna say for whatever reason it was making me think of uh dreams of the witch house that uh mm. lovecraft story i gotta read that one again i don't remember it super well yeah it's funny i i remember that more from the uh masters of horror episode than more than the story i haven't read that story in many years but <laughs> that's fair it that that book you're tell the book of leaves that sounds like it's i don't know how many novels i mean i i'm less i've read less novels than you guys have um but still will always read a novel if i when i will um but i don't know how many books that are out there that kind of play with the fact that they're a novel like that book sounds like it's playing with the medium, which is always kind of nice when you have something pl like, because everyone's doing the same thing most of the time with novels, and nobody's kind of being meta about it, or at least playing around with the fact that they're inside a book. Mm -hmm. There, there probably are those kind of things, but Caleb knows this especially like certain comic books will definitely play around with the fact that they're inside a comic book, and it's really cool. And I'm not talking like fourth wall breaking, but just like, like, again, panel layouts are a thing. Like, it is a science in comic books as to how, like, you lay your pages out and what goes where. Like, there is a lot of decisions making to that. Oh, completely. Yeah, I feel like King every now and again does that, too. Okay. And so, yeah, I wonder if there's any other, like, unique novels that... Like, I wonder, did Alice in Wonderland ever have that? Because I still have yet to read that. But <laughs> was that ever kind of... Like in a, were there any, did, did C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, uh, did Lewis Carroll ever, like, mess around with that stuff? Well, he, 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 he messed around with a lot of things, that Lewis Carroll. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is true. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think, I think Alice in Wonderland was kind of out there enough for its own time to not believe yeah, this is true. Kind of thing. <laughs> like, like, you, like, you read, like, like, you read Alice in Wonderland and you go, Okay, that was trippy. And then, and then you read like through the looking glass and you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> yeah, one day I gotta get to that. It's, I'm really curious to read that one. It's kind of incoherent, but that's kind of why it's amazing. <laughs> like, there, like you know those like parts of like Alice in Wonderland where someone would be like, "Ooh, ooh, I, I have a random poem. It goes like this." It's just like that, oh, that, God. that's the entire book. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, no. So even oh, more no. poems. <laughs> Like one of my favorite scenes, like, there's like this like fat old king, and there's like his servant who's a rabbit, and the king's just like screaming at the rabbit, and then he's like, "You, bring me a ham sandwich!" And they're like, "Of course you might, Mister." He pulls out a ham sandwich, and the king just grabs it and just like devours it, and then Alice nice. is like, "Um, excuse me, servant, another ham sandwich! Of course your Majesty!" He just like, he just, he just like, freaking. I, I don't. It was just so freaking weird that king likes his ham sandwiches. He's like, why? Where's this rabbit getting these ham sandwiches? We don't talk about that. Yeah, you gotta wonder what's going on with Carol, man. I mean, it's just a strange dude. It was well, well, it, it's it, it's clear he was a mathematician. They're all nuts. 
Oh, like Darren? <laughs> Absolutely. He's he's not Dutch bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Only a bloody Dutchman. Oh, the Dutch. Don't get me started on them. <laughs> no offense to any Dutch that are listening to this. <laughs> if if you watch Austin Powers, you know there's no real offense. No. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's this, this is fair. This is true. Favorite books? Uh, let's see. What, what haven't I touched yet? Well, I guess for you and me, it's also got to be either like Watership Down. Mm. Watership Down was really good because it's like it's that kind of genre, but it's kind of like the most aside from Felidae, but but we're about to get to that, so yeah, leave that alone. Yeah, like, it was for a long time like that's a really cool book because there's no kind of like intended it doesn't feel like there's an intended age group yeah like you know it's kind of marketed as a kids novel but watership down gets pretty freaking brutal it gets brutal i mean not as brutal as the animation but the movie, yeah the movie gets really really bloody but uh-huh it's, it's kind of like there's no clear and even just how it's written like it's not like it has some of what you would say are the landmarks of what became in a children's novel, like, you know, like, kind of like, you know, just playing with words and making your own kind of language, like, all that kind of fun stuff, like, you'd see in yep. high fantasy, but it's it's just kind of, like, exists on its on its own plane, like, you know, some people say it's, like, got some political allegory, it has, ha has some stuff on religion, it's a kid's novel, it's an adult's novel, it's, like, I, I personally view it as, like, a band of rabbits, like, you know, it, it, it's, like, band of brothers, but, like, with rabbits. Same here. I, I view it as that. Yeah, I view it as it was intended to, where it was like a man came back from war and basically doing a book about his comrades. Pardon me. Yeah, and then and then like and then pe people went to Richard Adams, <laughs> who by the way tried seven different times to get this book published. Yeah. Before it finally got before it was finally successful. Oh yeah. And kind of just <laughs> and then they're asking him just like, oh, so what about this like political allegory and all this kind of stuff? He just like. I, I just put to paper a story I told my daughters in the car to scare them. <laughs> and that was his response. So it's just kind it's of... great. I love it. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. Did you guys watch that new Netflix series that they put out about it? I know he did. Yeah, I did. Oh, how was it? It's It takes away a bunch of the, the gory bite of the original. It's not quite... It's a bit more... I... I like it in the same way that I that I didn't mind Peter Jackson's rendition of The Hobbit at times, where it was kind of like, is it, is is this how you kind of want it to be done? Well, no, but it kind of lets me spend more time in the world, you know. It kind of if if you're if you're a fan of the style in the series, it kind of lets you just just have more of it. And I kind of didn't mind that. Some things were really well done, like the voice acting was for every character and just the performances was just just nailed it like it's it was really good it was really well done mm. um that's why i wanted to watch it yeah it, it did some very it, it did some things better in the movie but it, it i i don't think it's not i don't think it's quite as good in the sense that it kind of it it does take some of the teeth away and for and for watership down that that was kind of like the beating heart of that novel was that it was just is that it, it's kind of just like a savage world and that's and that's why the movie succeeded because it felt like it felt like it was going like at a rabbit's pace, you know. It's 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 very fleeting. Char characters die like nothing. Terrifying things just kind of happen. It just it just moves so quick. And and while it was nice to have some of those scenes slowed down for the series, and the actors did a phenomenal job once again. Like shout out to them. Uh, it just it just, it just, it wasn't quite as good as the movie, but it's still worth a watch. The only thing I will say 
is that while while the movie, the animation, and and like visually it was a huge strength, in this series, I it's kind of the opposite. The animation for the rabbits looks okay, but sometimes it looks like it looks it looks like freaking RuneScape mm-hmm. background. Like, yeah. like, like there are some scenes where you're just looking at it wow. and you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the cast really made me want to watch that, but seeing a little bit of the animation in, like, the Netflix trailer, I was like, uh, I, I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't ruin it, but it, it's definitely, like, you're watching it going, it's still definitely better than the kids series, but... Yeah, I remember being excited about it because uh, a bunch of the cast was really pumping me up. I think Peter Capaldi's in it. Yep. Plays uh, the 12th Doctor. And so I really wanted to see it for that, but once the trailer came out, I was kind of like, oh, my enthusiasm's kind of fallen away now, because this looks really bad, but <laughs> just animation. Wise. Watch it blindfolded. <laughs> I think it's still worth the watch. Sure. We could discuss that, and then, because it, because we were going to talk about it, Isaac, let's talk about Pillow Day. Let's do it! <laughs> okay, um, do you maybe want to open this up, or do you want me to go go nuts? Well, let's see. Um, by the way, everybody, future commentary at some point. Uh, oh, Christ. Get, yeah, we gotta do that. get ready for cat corpses, anyway. Johnny, you're the... Take the ball. All right, so so, so, so for those who don't know, Felidae is a, is a 1989 uh, crime fiction novel but wrote and written by Akif Parinji. I think I'm saying that right. But basically, you're, you're giving it the best thing ever, I'll say that. <laughs> basically, it's a novel in the vein of Watership Down in that it's... It's about cats, and hence the name Felidae. But it's it's a crime fiction novel. Like there is nothing, and do not think, oh hey, it's it's, it's about cats. Like get this, my kid. Do not give this book to your kid. You will have a very disturbed child in about a, in, in, in the span of, of about fifty pages. Uh, actually, quickly, Johnny. Sorry for interrupting. When did you find out about this book? I found out, I found out about this book because I saw I saw like a YouTube review of the movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then I, I the movie was a thing, and then I was. The movie would look, looked interesting, and so I found out that the book existed. Which okay. the movie is, of course, an adaptation of. I'll talk about the movie in a minute, but the book is a very, very interesting novel because it it is very much a crime fiction novel. Like just like it, it's 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 a mystery. Like it's just like a bunch of cats in a neighborhood, and then a bunch of them get murdered in some very interesting ways. And you go, okay, well, cats getting killed was well, is a some raccoon or whatever, and then. But the, the way the characters react, they very much react like detectives would, you know? They're, they're like, analyzing the wounds, and they get in there, and just, like, the Santillon stuff, and you're just kind of like, this is how cats would kind of solve a mystery, you know? This is how they would kind of do it. So it's it's believable in how they act, and that's really, really interesting. But then it kind of gets more into, like, like, you know, ethical problems and the relationship between, like, humans and animals. There's some animal testing bits in there. If you're faint of heart on that, do not touch this book at all. Uh-huh. A lot of it, and then probably the most interesting part of this of this of this novel, I think personally, that I didn't expect at all, is the surreal horror elements. There is there are Ooh. some messed up visuals in this in this book via nightmares. Yes, a lot of them via nightmares, but not so much later on, because no. because the nightmares kind no. of become a reality too. So, like, there are some scenes where it's just written, like, stream of consciousness insanity. Like, it's it's so out there that it's almost funny in a weird light. Like, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that you would see in, like, in, like Big Mouth or something. Where it, it, it's just that extreme, you know? 
Yeah. So it, like it, like it just goes. It sounds awesome. It just go. Yeah. It, it is. It's absolutely awesome. Like I, I was reading really this book awesome. and I was like, and it, it was, it's just like it, just, it was like mind blowing because no one knows what this book is and because, and quite frankly, I think it's because it's hard to find a target audience for it. Like, I mean, of course, people think, oh, hey, it's a book about cats. They, it's for kids. Well, this absolutely is not for kids at all. But there aren't many adults who would just sit down and read a novel about you know a bunch of cats trying to solve a mystery, right? So it's yeah, it's hard to, it's hard for it to find a find a market. I think is the main reason. But it is a really if you, if you can find it because I, I I had to order this thing in from Europe and it took like two weeks it took like two months to get to me. Um, but it, if you can find it, it is definitely worth most certainly worth your time. And then there is. Isaac, apparently there there are seven more books in the series. I think only three of them have been translated, I believe. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then there is the movie, which was a 1994 film adaptation based on the novel. The movie! Which is also fully available on YouTube, and Isaac, I think, wants to cover it at some point. Uh-huh. So I can definitely do that. So I, I will say this right up, just right off the bat. The movie is not as good as the book. What a shock. The, movie's, the movie... <laughs> The movie does do an admirable job, I think. Does what it can. It it definitely like they didn't half-ass it. Like like they definitely tried. Nope. What I think is definitely a case of of a, a low budget and one of the very few movies that should be that that should have been lengthened, almost like it it could definitely had more time to flesh out the entire plot because th this was a really. A really well thought out like story so it could have given, been given more time to be fully fleshed out but yep yeah it is a really really cool book and the movie will we'll talk more about the movie when we get to it and you'll see what we yep. mean but once again available on youtube if you're if you're curious about 78 minutes long so an hour and 18 it's pretty short um but yeah, the book to me because it's just I I haven't found anything like it before since. It just has such a, an interesting blend of styles and just visuals and just it's. I never thought I would find a book like it, and so it's just very it's just very freaking cool. To kind of give it to Caleb in a way, Caleb, remember the end of the movie Akira? What happens to Tetsuo? Yep. That, but in the book, sort of. Like, Interesting. A... I'll definitely have to check this out. What was it called again? Philidae. Philidae. Yeah, sure. Johnny, you got a. Well, actually, Caleb, my uh, well, my my profile profile picture for a year on Facebook was <laughs> the, was the novel. So the cover, yeah. Yeah, you can see oh. what the novel looks like. Philidae, a novel of cats and murder. What um what Johnny was referring to though, with how this is not readily readily available, um, so uh, how do you say his first name again? Akif. Akif, thank you. Akif is from Turkey and then migrated over to Germany back in the 80s. But he said, I believe, in either 2015, I read somewhere that he made some anti-Muslim uh, comments. And yeah, that's kind of why... Frank he, Miller? Yeah. Well, see, he's still <laughs> making, putting stories out, so that's a different story. But <laughs> yeah, he, That's fair. He said some very colorful things. Yeah, and that's probably Yikes. why most of his books aren't being reprinted. Although I don't know either that, but like in between like the span of thirty years, I don't think anybody was wanting to reprint that novel. I don't know why, but it comes to that. There is one particular scene in that book that really got me. That for the first time, I and I'm I'm very used to surprisingly used to horror, 
uh, when watching horror movies, but this was the first case where I was like, I, I had to take a minute. There was a scene that involved a certain corpse of a cat pulling out <laughs> certain things out of its neck. Let's, uh, okay, let's not give them any more than that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, water balloons, but not filled with water. Let's put it that way. Okay, so right. so I <laughs> I know this scene very well because yep. I, I, was, I, I was reading that too. I put the book down too, but it was because I didn't know how to react to that scene. Yeah. I was... Like, it was... I'm laughing because the idea is absolutely hysterical. And, yep. and actually, we could... Actually, we, and we could almost talk about that scene because that's un, it was unfortunately not in the movie. Yeah, it was never... I, I, I know why. Like, oh, even... I, I, I think too. It was very extreme. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caleb, do you want to... Oh, boy. Do we do, oh, God. Do you know what we're talking about? Sure. Okay. okay. Get the page out, by the way. Get the get the page. Okay. Uh, no, no. No, I, it, it's burned into my memory. Okay, it's yeah, fair enough, my... fair enough. Okay, okay, so okay second, take, the, take charge. The, the, the second murder in this, in this, or like one of the first ones, is this cat named Deep Purple. And so, so they find him dead on like a motorcycle in a garage, and like, you know, they're, they're looking at it, and like the main character, Francis, like, you know, he's like, he's looking at it, he's like sniffing the body, he's like kind of like, like, you know, going detective on it, right? And he's like, that's interesting. And the, and the, and the other cat's like, what? And he's like, well, he died with an erection. That's weird. And they're just, and he was kind of like, yeah, that is weird. It's not mating season or whatever. So they're just kind of like, huh, that's kind of bizarre. And then so one of the uh, the horrific visions, like he, he always gets them in his, in his sleep at the, at the beginning of the book. So he so he goes to sleep and then he comes back you know, in his dreams to that garage and Deep Purple's, you know, he, he's lying there dead on that like Harley or whatever, whatever the fuck it was, the motorcycle. It was a Harley. And then all of a sudden, like as as in nightmares, he he gets up and he just like starts like, okay, you know what? Sorry, Isaac, I'm getting a book. Hang on a sec. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said get the book. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, when I when I when I first read this, uh, I was on a I was on the ferry uh, from coming in from the island and yeah, I, I, I oh, sorry, go ahead. I I had to get the book because this is honestly one of the most amazing things I have ever read in my entire life. I shit you not. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Yep. I dreamed that I was once again in that gruesome garage. This time, however, Deep Purple was not flat on his back, but fully alive and sat upright like a human on the seat of the Harley Davidson. A powerful fountain of blood shot up in the air in a vertical column from a huge wound on his neck, then splashed down again, covering him and the motorcycle. It was a terrifying sight, such as you might see in a horror version of a champagne ad. A sardonic smile spread over the face of the zombie-like geezer, and he gesticulated wildly with his front legs. This here is my damn patch, screamed Deep Purple, and I can still get it up. Take a look. He reached over his shoulder with one paw and pulled a kitten out of his bloody neck wound. The tiny kitten was like a miniature version of its father, and it looked around blinking with fear and helplessness. Purple growled in triumph and gave the baby a powerful shake. And do you want to know how I can manage this? The latest and most innovative treatment methods, my dear fellow. Spasmolysis, angiography, electrocardiography, organ transplants, fibrinolysis, injections, infusions, transfusions, needles, bandages, compressions, and, 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 yes, indeed, medical care is the alpha and omega of old age. Nowadays, without modern medicine, nothing would work. Suddenly, he lifted the kitten in the air, a kitten that had such a repulsive birth, and threw it like a baseball. 
With a dull thump, the baby hit the corrugated tin wall, leaving behind a huge bloody smear before falling lifeless to the floor. Purple broke out in hideous laughter and thrust his hand into the wound to conjure up another fresh kitten. This is the way of life. This is the way of the world, my dear friend, the cruel father said. If you want to live longer and still get it up at 99, then let modern medicine take care of your body. He threw the second child against the wall as, as well. It struck hard and burst open like a balloon filled with red paint. As if you were sitting on a turntable, Purple now began to turn around on his rump while constantly pushing his hand into the wound, pulling out new kittens and hurling them against the garage walls like one of those machines that throws tennis balls. As his speed increased, the volume of his savage laughter rose until it finally became a roar. Get them to prescribe some pills for immortality and creams for potency. For potency! He turned ever more quickly until he was no more than a vibrating, contourless blur out of which these pathetic kittens shot in a never-ending stream and bam, 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 slammed against the walls. Within seconds, blood was pouring down the sides of the garage. The pile of kitten corpses on the floor grew higher and higher, giving out the cloying smell of dead flesh in a slaughterhouse. Purple screaming gradually mixed in with the ghostly howl similar to what I had heard in my first nightmare. This time, though, the howl didn't come from just one of my kind, but from very, very many. Oh. End scene! <laughs> So you see, it's just it's just bad shit insane, but it just it just keeps going. Like like you keep kind of thinking, okay, the nightmare is going to end at some point, but it just keeps it just keeps <laughs> going until there's like like bodies are like building up like against the. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> God dang. Oh yeah, and then I forgot this too. The book has a black sense of humor, as I'm sure you noticed in there. I, I couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. I honestly couldn't tell after reading it. <laughs> I forgot about how there are some jokes in there, and there's like some just like the wording is just kind of like there's this there's definitely this black humor sensibility. Yeah, when I first read that scene, Johnny, I was uh, going to the island and I read it, and I had to like walk around the whole ship. I just I needed a second. I was like, what the f did I just read? Yeah, it, it is very. I've never. Re I still haven't read anything like that before or since. And then I and then I read this the the same scene to the the kids of my friend uh, who was visiting, and they. I don't think they comprehended it the way I and you have. You read that to kids? Yeah, I read it out loud to the kids, <laughs> just just to see the reaction. Well, you you're lucky they aren't fucking serial killers now, aren't you? <laughs> I really well. don't think they like comprehended what was going on. It's pretty out there. It's pretty out there, but like, whew. Okay, Caleb, what do you think? Well, I tried to find a uh, PDF for it online, but I've been struggling. I don't think it's transcribed onto PDF form. I don't think so, at least. Yeah, the only PDF that I found was in German. So. Well, you know, <laughs> just translate that, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know how I would do that, but. So I found. Oh, I, do I have a copy of it here? Hang on a sec. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, as, as much as I don't like Amazon, three used copies from $14. Okay, I might oh, do that. not bad. I might do that. Yeah, they're, I mean, like, you know what, what condition mine's in, Isaac? It's, it's, it's taking some wear and tear, but I, I, I have it, so. I probably added some wear and tear to that, let's be honest here. It is you. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, and, yeah. and you can have the DVD too for just the uh, Canadian price of two hundred eighty-six dollars and ninety-nine cents. Oh, you know that's not much at all. It's the same price as I think the Batman sixty-six uh, set, and it, and it reads "Der Katzen Thriller." Bless you. <laughs> yeah, 
Highly recommend anybody if they can get their hands on it. If they find it in like some used bookstore, buy it. Oh like, yeah, just, just buy it. That's a find. That's it's absolutely a find. Da dang, that's it's certainly a read. It's, it's certainly more intense than um, uh, uh, rats or uh, uh, the secret of Nim. Oof, it's it's more. In yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, that's, I I still need to read the original book of that though. Yeah, same here. I really do need to read that one at some point. And how was Plague Dogs, by the way? Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, good. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it's it's beautiful. It is. <laughs> it's uh, and everything you liked about Watership Down. Only it covers. It's a lot more. In, it's a lot more intense. It's closer to Felidae, actually. I kind of figured. It really, it really is. It's it's the movie I've heard is a more a lot more depressing, but the book is very it's just very i mean it, it is kind of depressing it's very it's it's very good it's it, it's a really good book and it's cool because it covers like not just like the dogs it covers like every like the the humans the other wildlife it's just it has some really cool ideas yeah that yeah makes sense it's, it's a really good book. that one as well is that one readily available by the way the plague dogs yeah oh yeah oh yeah if you walk into a used, a used bookstore, you're probably going to find a copy of it. I would assume if so. If you find the first edition hardcover, it's definitely... It, it's, it's That's a steal. Really nice art. Like, like I found the first edition hardcover copy, and it, it, it looks really sweet. Well, I just bought that Felidae book, so once it arrives on I read it, then we can do the commentary on the other one. So. Oh, you know, <laughs> we could almost do like a book commentary as well. I think we just did one, never mind. So what am I talking about? Just a book club. <laughs> book club! Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Hey, that'd be great. I'd love it. I wouldn't mind doing that. Again, I'll buy it myself as well. Yep. Excuse to read more books. Yay, books. Gotta get back to it. <laughs> so, Johnny, when is the... Here's, here's a question. Uh, first off, well, okay, two things. Before before I go to the second one, which is, like, very out there. Not out there. Uh, Redwall. What about Redwall? Because oh, I know you read Redwall, Redwall when you were a kid. Not really. I, I didn't... Not really. I read it actually recently because I was... Because, you know, I... It, it was one of those ones that I did kind of mean to read when i was younger but i didn't yeah same here to it I, I read it again just to kind of like you know i i like you know just to see right and the books are fucking everywhere yes there's so many no. of them and there was that really good series on ytv for a while too yeah um, i read those two be, be prepared they make you hungry they make you the, hungry the, eh? the detail that guy goes into on the food they're eating all the time oh golly it just sounds fucking delicious. <laughs> it's like a Miyazaki movie. Holy smokes! Redwall is a more a more um, spaced out Lord of the Rings for kids. Oh, it's it's very it's it's very fantastical. Like it's it's not all in like three gigantic volume books. It's in like a bunch. Let's like you know, so like you know all those little little folklore, folklore stories are kind of like the individual books. Yep. Which is kind of cool. Um, there's death. There's a lot of lore, but once again, they're all each of them kind of has their own book, so you can kind of space sp spaced out better, from what I, I understand. Um, yeah, they're if you like the if you like the kind of you know action adventure fantasy, then that the, that's kind of where it's at. It's, yeah, that's there. It's it's more. It's not quite as. It's definitely more of a kids' story than Watership Down. <laughs> not that that's like a you know that's not a knock against it at all like i think it's yeah. very it's very impressive just just how much of that guy fucking wrote 
Yeah, how many books are there in that series? 22 novels. 22 fiction books published. Uh, how, uh, average page length? Um, well, I mean, the, the font's bigger for one. That's true. Average, I, I don't know about average page length, but they seem to be between 300 and 400. Yikes. Wow. I was thinking more like Goosebumps, uh, length. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing bigger. <laughs> They're bigger. They're, I, I did say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. I did say Lord of the Rings for a reason. This, this is fair. Actually, that brings me to a new question. What's your preferred page length? For a book? Yeah. I, I go between liking the short novellas. Like, Annihilation was 100 and, 120 pages. Yep. If, if it's something that... Oh, happens, you read that? How was that? It's pretty good. It's not like the movie. They kind of combined all the ideas of the three, I think. Yeah, that's what I heard. The book's like, it's very much the same universe, the same ideas, but it, it doesn't quite have all the stuff that's in the movie. Because it's, it's 20 mm. pages long. I still haven't read the third one yet. I've read the first two because, like, because the entire trilogy is in, like, one big volume. Um, the first two were really good. I still need to read the third one. But, yeah, it was... I enjoyed it. It's not quite as flashy as the movie. Like, it's a lot more minimalistic, I think. But it still has some very, very trippy, very interesting ideas. Especially the second one because that's, like... Because, like, the first one is, like, the movie where it's the four of them who go out into the, you know, Area X. And then um, the second one is about, like, back at the base, what's happening while they're doing that. Mm. So it's interesting to see what's going on kind of back there while their expedition goes out kind of thing. So are you kind of a surrealist guy to much to much of a degree? Not really. I mean, I, I, I like surreal elements when they, when they pop in. I, I don't know if I'd fully read a, like, a full surrealist piece. Like they're... I like it when it pops up and when it's used in stuff that I that I happen to be reading, but I don't know if I would see I've read a full surrealist piece before. Yeah, I don't think I've ever read any surrealist books either, but I'm really into surrealist films, so. Yeah, in in films it's very it's very cool because like for it's it's the, the the visual medium, right? Yeah. Um, let's see some books that I want to read. Um, recently, not recently, but soon or not soon at some point. Uh, my list we got V. Uh, the Thomas Pecan or Pinchons or Pecan, excuse me, book. <laughs> um, and the reason, where's that one from? That one's actually referenced in Johnny, the um, Thrice's album that you gave me. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it's about, but it's like, it, I love that album, so it's like, I might as well read that. Mm -hmm. um, this, this book and all his other books, Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. I just I hear that guy's a genius. Like that is the fantasy guy, go to guy. I mean, he finished the Wheel of Time for Pitt's sake. So of course, like if if the guy finished Wheel of Time, I obviously have to read. And of course, the Wheel of Time I have to read uh, at some point. Man, was, that series is long. And um, Discworld as well. That's a whole other one that I want to mm. read. And some of uh, Gaiman's novels as well. His yeah, his novels are really good. I have to say. And then there was this other one that I just happened to stumble upon. I didn't read it, but like I've, I heard about it. It's called Coin Locker Babies. Uh-huh. Uh, so apparently in the 1970s and 80s in Japan, uh, a lot of people had the idea of putting their newborn children they didn't want inside lockers. Because they thought that, oh yeah, somebody's going to come and clean them out, right? Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So that, and that was a real thing. Like, I was I was surprised when I heard that. I was like, interesting. Uh, any books on your guys' radars? A lot. <laughs> a lot. 
Yeah, a fuck ton. I, I gotta read House <laughs> of Leaves again, I just realized. Yep. Um, I've been reading to read Catch-22. Oh yeah, that one. Um, Dune is on there. Oh, Dune's so great. Oh, man. Uh, the Neuromancer by William Gibson's been sitting on my shelf for maybe like eight months. I mean, really mean to read that. Yep. It's time to do another read-through of Call of the Wild, too. Yeah, a second one? And White Fang. <laughs> Come on, Isaac. <laughs> Uh, the Dosati Experiment by Frank Herbert is one that I really wanted to read for a long time. I just haven't found a copy yet, but I've heard a lot of his elements from Dune. He kind of uh, oh shit, kind of tooled around in that book, so I want to check that out. Hmm. There's another one here that I want to read. It's called Make Room, Make Room. I don't know what uh, who I forget who wrote that, but it's by the guy who, or it's based. That book is what uh, Soylent Green is based off of. Oh, oh okay. Oh, cool. That is interesting. Yeah. In dystopian science fiction. Yeah, I I really want to read all the classics at some point, like like you guys have said. I still have I think Fahrenheit four fifty one like sitting in my shelf somewhere that I really need to read. Yeah, me too actually. But of course <laughs> I also what I still have to read at some point I have to read Les Miserables and of course Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, that's like a hell I I wanna read this one called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, me too. Yep, such I, a great title. Yeah, I know. And and that was the '60s too. Like like that's yep. Like that's the kind of thing you'd hear on like an art story like nowadays. Um, oh yeah. At at some point, I know I I know he's probably insane. I uh, not 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 so much. Like I want to read Starship Troopers at some point as well. Like that because. I still haven't seen the movie, so I actually have a unique opportunity of watching the or reading the novel first before I watch the, uh, the movie. even though I've already spoiled myself with Aliens, so that's kind of... Uh, well, I know you always bring that up, but they're not really the same. They aren't I mean. the same, I know. It's like, that one, the Verhoeven one is more of a satire of the book. Exactly, yeah. I thought of one that you guys, and this is going to have to be one of my last thoughts, because it's getting kind of late. Yeah, sorry. Um, it is a uh, one you guys might enjoy too. Is a uh, haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. Haunted. Oh. So, the guy who wrote Fight Club, right? Haunted is a, sto- a short story anthology that is tied together by like an, but it has like a kind of a story that ties them all in, and it's, it's it's like a horror satire kind of. So the idea is that it's about a bunch of people who are like who are in like like a writers retreat. Yep, they're locked in a theater, and they have one month to write their magnum opus before they can leave. Dang, they'll have enough food and water to survive, as well as heat, electricity, and all that kind of shit. And they're harmless conditions, but then <laughs> they start to realize, like, huh, we can make a better story if we suffer or become the victim in here. And so they start, like, you know, just just doing crazy shit, like you know, sabotaging the food, just like, oh hey, it'd be a crazy story if we were starving, eh? Or like they sabotage the plumbing or the oh, lights, no. so they start chopping <laughs> off their fingers and stuff, and just to like kind of like come out like the, you know, like they've seen seen the most pain kind of thing. And then like in the like as you're reading that story, then you get to read every single one of their like you know magnum opus stories, and they're all these like some of them are like messed up, but some of them are just downright hilarious. Nice. Like, there's, like, one where they, like, it's, like, it's called, like, Civil Twilight. It's where they, see if I can find a summary for it on here. So, it's, it's, um, it's, like, every, every day at, like, Twilight, 
there's like th like people avoid going into the streets there's this like crashing sound of like you know, like you know and it there's, there's always this crashing sound and then a body is found with like a gigantic like like blunt object wound interesting and then <laughs> and then there's and it's it's about this like this like nice old lady who carries a bowling ball <laughs> nice <laughs> It's like a bowling ball assassin kind of deal. <laughs> it's like, oh my fuck. goodness. Yeah, just like shit like that. You might find it really interesting. Did you read that one? Yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah, I'll give that one a read. It was really, it was really cool and it definitely had a few laughs. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely get <laughs> like, on that if, one. If, if you get through the... The first story is called Guts. If you get to, if you get to the end of that, mm -hmm. you will know whether or not you want to continue with, with the rest of the book. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Because it, it starts off, Isaac, I know you would I know you would get a kick out of that one, just like your sense of humor. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Because like, as soon as like the punchline of that one hits you, you're just like, oh my fucking god, no way. <laughs> this is good. This is beautiful. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I'll definitely go on that one. I assume it's readily available. Oh yeah, it's pretty easy to find. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I know you both probably will be like, why are you wanting this? Because the guy was nuts and he started a religion for pit's sakes but at one point oh, you're talking about yep i want to read battlefield earth i kind of do too i'm curious and like it's pretty good i'd rather read it from a used bookstore so i don't give any money that yeah no absolutely i'm right. not buying it brand new <laughs> but like yeah I'd, I'd be down to read that yeah i've almost finished that book i've been reading it for like i don't know like two and a half years <laughs> Um, but it's it's pretty good. My copy's like a total piece of shit, though. I gotta replace it before I get to the end, because I think a couple pages are kind of fucked up. But... Remember, used bookstore. Yeah, that's where I bought it. <laughs> I, just, I just hope it's better than the movie. <laughs> I, again, it's a colossal piece. Of... I have no intention of doing so unless that's your pick for this, Johnny. No. I can't imagine what that movie's like from reading the book. I just... I. I can't imagine it's it. Two hours, the book's gigantic, too. It's two hours long, and John Travolta talks like an asshole the whole time. Isn't that how he talks all the time? I, I touche. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty funny though. It's it, it's so bad, and like especially when I don't feel bad about making fun of it because that movie was like made to like draw people to Scientology. So I, I mean, so I yeah, so yeah. I like that it failed, and I can laugh at it because fuck Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I think then what my last point I'll make here is about you know the state of reading nowadays with people and how they do audiobooks and how they read to them now. Obviously, this has been audiobooks are nothing new because people who are blind have you know that's kind of how they have to read or else you kind of mess that way. Uh, now, Caleb, I believe you do audiobooks most of the time, correct? Uh, at least for the past few years, yeah, and mainly audiobooks. Not so much lately, but yeah, since I started working on nights, that was my main way of listening to books or reading books. Yeah, that's kind of, it makes sense that's how you do it, but usually with you, Johnny, you always set aside time to read a novel, like a paper novel, correct? Yes. Yeah, physical copy. Um, and I just I just wonder if we'll, if, if print will ever make a renaissance a comeback at all. I mean, there is ebooks. Yeah, ebooks is the real way that it's going to go. I don't think print is ever going to make a comeback, really. Yeah. And I want to ask you on this, on this, Johnny, of what your opinion is of ebooks uh, and digital uh, books and how reading them online. 
if you like if if it works better for you then it works better for you like i don't like staring at a screen that long personally that's that's fair I, my eyes don't like it it just i, I find like if you try if, if you read before bed i find i can put myself to sleep a bit easier that's how i do I, it as well but if you're staring at a screen you're you're not wired to fall asleep easier after staring at a screen like you're like you know it's just like like you've been proven to fall asleep better if you're not around a screen or any kind of like you know bright lights half an hour before sleep and like staring at a screen i think would would kind of like you know be you know be conflicting with that yeah not not so much with e-readers it does make it easier for you to carry a ton of books at a time though so i mean absolutely if it works better for you then it works better for you honestly yeah, and, and e-readers have a different effect on your eyes, so it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> yeah, if you were reading from something like a tablet, I, you, I, I, there is the option, of course, I don't, again, I haven't done this yet, but there is an option to turn the blue filter off, I believe. Or put a blue filter on, I forget how it works. Yeah, not even that. Like, my girlfriend has a Kobo, and it's like a completely different type of screen. It's, it's like, um, what were those things called? You know those things where you, like, shake up, and you can, like, write on them? Etchin sketch, etch a sketch. Yeah. yeah, it's it's more like that than it is a computer screen huh. or kind of e-reader. So it's not really looking at a blue light like when you you don't even really turn off the screen, you just kind of close it, and when you open it back up, it's on the same page. So it's got a completely different effect on your eyes. But but um yeah, reading from like a tablet or something like that, it still kind of has that blue light. Not even blue light, but just a backlit effect. Yeah, that's what it is. So kind of yeah, it gives me a bit of a headache, but. And obviously one of the things is that with, with e-readers or e-books or whatever, reading books digitally, is that you're kind of, you're, you're stuck to the point of novels that are well-known, obviously, bestsellers, and you won't ever probably find something like, as we found out tonight, you won't find Felony on there. You'd have to go to a used bookstore for that one. Definitely for a lot of them. I found some random-ass books on PDF ones that are out of print um but yeah for the most part usually they have to have some sort of following in order for them for someone to put the time in to create a pdf of it yeah that's fair interestingly enough though you can find a free one of the king and yellow on there really and that is not mainstream at all <laughs> that is not mainstream whatsoever there are some of the old like doctor who books from the 90s that didn't really get reprinted you can find a lot of those in pdf just because the doctor who fan base is so rabid for them <laughs> that's true Right. Wow. Alright. Boys, that's uh for my time for tonight. That was a very fun read. I guess well one very last last <laughs> thing read. is one of my <laughs> exactly my one accomplishment was I mean I probably could beat this one day, but I was able to read Goblet of Fire, which is my favorite Harry Potter book in two days. Wow. Nice. Yeah, like I set myself to read that in two days and boy I did it. I mean I think it was only I think it's only 28 chapters. I'm not getting up to get, find it, but I think it's only 28 chapters. So I just read 14 one night and 14 the next night. Well, it's easy to parcel it out. If you, if you like, if you, if you can do that, that's fine. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I read most of those in a day, too. Those are such, like, I don't know, they're just such page turners. Or at least they were. I haven't read them in years, but... Time to reread them again at some point. <laughs> yeah, once Jim K is done putting out his illustrated versions oh, I'm gonna binge through them. I can't wait, Johnny, for you to come over to his place because oh boy, we got some beautiful pieces of art to show you. I believe it. Yeah, Jim K. Brilliant. But, yep. but anyway. Yeah, yep. sorry. <laughs> so that's been this edition of books with the novice elitists and whatnot. <laughs> uh, teeny speakeasy. We're not watching movies anymore. 
Yeah, why not? Anyway, uh, this is not the last time. This is not the last time we'll talk about books. Yeah, we might honestly do a book review at some point. I have no problem with that. I mean, we're gonna That'd do great. We're gonna do a comic book review, but I wouldn't mind doing a book review. I don't know if we'll do it like a scene by scene thing, or we'll just do general <laughs> discussion of it. I have no idea. Chatter. Well, that's general. General, but yeah, general. Exactly. <laughs> Three hours later, it's like, wow. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, because novels certainly take longer, and there's. A lot to take in with a novel, I'll say that. So we'll start with the short. Yep. Yes, no, the shortest thing that we can find. Who goes there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that book. Yeah, that's a good book. Cool. All right, well, anyway, that's good. Yep. Good night. Yep, peace. I forgot my, what I was about to say. God dang it. Lost my train of thought. It'll come back to me. I didn't lose my train of thought. I just went to another track, eh? I got switched to another track. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs>